Hello, and welcome to Just One Thing. I'm Brad Stearns, here with Lisa Stearns, and we're your hosts on this weekly exploration of simple ways to enhance your relationships, improve your health, manage your stress, and just be happier. Now settle in while we discuss Just One Thing. Good day, and welcome to the next episode of just, just one, one thing. thing. Just One Thing is the podcast of Mindful Living Not Today. And you can also find us on Facebook at Mindful Couple yeah. and on Facebook groups where we would love you to join our supportive uh, community there at uh, Mindful, Mindful Living, Living Today with Lisa, Lisa and Brad. Brad. And I remember <laughs> we are also on Instagram, Instagram at The Mindful Couple. Yep. So we're on all those places and we would love to have you join us for some uplifting messages, affirmations, some studies that talk about the ways that mindfulness can improve your life and all of those kinds all of that things good that we're all about. Today's episode, which I'll jump into now, I am going to entitle, It's a Compassionate World. And it may be something that you would say, well, no, it's not. <laughs> but uh, Lisa and I were talking this morning about a book and a couple of articles she's read recently um, that uh, wanted us, we wanted to talk a little bit about it is a compassionate world, and, and if you believe it's a compassionate world, how would that change you know, your view of everything? Right. So why don't you just take it away, Lisa, <laughs> as I always say, and talk a little bit about the genesis or the background that uh, sort of led brought, you to brought want, this topic up. want to talk about I am this. reading, it is called The Art of Happiness. The Art of Happiness, okay. I think that's what it's called, and it's by the Dalai Lama and a uh, gentleman that's a doctor, can't think of his first name, his last name is Cutler. Okay. And he is a neuroscientist uh -huh. and also a psychiatrist. Okay. And um, I, I was just, in fact, I was mentioning to you, one of the things that I think makes this book interesting is that he has such a different uh, perspective on compassion okay. and human nature gotcha. and that kind of stuff because of his uh, psychology and psychiatry training. Right. Where... So the Dalai Lama is his whole con his whole his whole belief is that first of all we are meant to be happy. Right. And that we are all born compassionate beings. Okay. And uh, immediately that is challenged by Dr. Cutler. Uh, he has a hard time believing that anybody is happy, so he's somewhat cynical. Okay, well, <laughs> and you were talking to me a little bit, if I can jump ahead. Yeah, please do. Uh, you were talking about the the whole concept and the whole field of psychology and psychiatry. Right. Really is treating people who are ill. Right. They have mental illness. And they are they're treating depressed, them as They have anxiety. Right. They have psychoses. And so their goal is to bring people back out of sort of this depth of disease right. into sort of like neutrality. It's you not know, even neutral. The way he describes it is not even neutral. It's less suffering. Less suffering. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, right. they, it's don't really, less they don't really cure people. They just kind of make them less. suffer less. So there's really no well, overall aim to make people like happy or thrive well, or joyful. Well, really, from his per okay. what I get from his perspective and the way he describes it is, I don't think he believes people can be happy. Gotcha. Okay. Which so, so if you if you look at this perspective, sure. and this may be you know I know this is only right, one right. side of psychiatry and psychology but if that is the underlying theme yes. of people that are treating you sure. that, that their best goal is to get you to be less suffering right um and, and it's not to move you to a place of of happiness or, or well-being 
the whole uh, approach. Emphasis and approach and what you're aiming at, how you measure improvement is very different. Absolutely. Right, right. Um, And so on that theme, he um, then explores this idea of compassion. And again, the Dalai Lama believes that we are all compassionate beings. And he does, you know, he starts out saying that his beliefs are based in Buddhism. Right. However, there is, and and the Dalai Lama is so well-read and so well-versed and has met with so many diverse individuals from so many different fields. In the last 15 to 20 years, there's been a huge interest in the scientific community with, uh, number one, positive psychology, psychology, but also taking these people who purport to be Right. blissful and happy, happy and joyous all the time. And they've, you know, um, put them under all kinds of studies, right. with, you know, electrodes right. on their brains and all kinds of stuff Scans. to like, to measure, right. is this really happening and, right. what, and what's right. going on and what right. makes these people feel happy. Right. Well, and, you uh, can, and some ahead. of the Dalai Lama's closest associates have been some of the most studied people in right. the world. Right. And, uh, you know, some of them come out as like, this guy's just like blissful all the time. Right. All of these all, play, that area I'll just of say your the brain. pleasure or reward centers right. are like lit, lit up, up all, the, all time. the time. Right, right. And you can tell going into this book as, as I'm getting into it, initially, you know, there's, there's almost like this, this, uh, like, well, the Dalai Lama says he's happy all the time, but <laughs> well, we sure. all know that's not the, really the intonation or the writing is, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyway, so, I, so, so exploring this idea of compassion. What, what came about for me today was looking and observing my own um, beliefs about this idea of us being loving beings, okay. compassionate sure. beings. And in my heart, I wanted to believe it, uh-huh. but there's so much anger and Why? ugliness and, you know, all that kind of stuff that's out there that we all see in the news. And we all, sometimes we see it very personally well, in our own, yeah, in our, in our know, lives. Many of us in our families, we've, we've experienced, you know, frustration and uh, I'll just say abuse, abuse of one of kind, some or, kind another, or another, whether it's right. verbal or psychological or sexual, or physical, whatever it is. Whatever right. it, is. Right. And it's, it kind of uh, throttles that, you know, any desire for compassion, happiness, kind of like pushes it either away from you, out of you, whatever, and you become a cynical person. You become somebody that meets out punishment and, you know, bad vibes and anger rather than approaching the world in a compassionate way. Right, right. And and so looking at that, um, for for me, this is only from my perspective, but for for me, I had that feeling like I wanted it to be that kind of a world, but I didn't have anything to sink my teeth into. And so... When you, having read this chapter, um, or it's not, it's actually part of the chapter, sure. but having read this, you know, when you look at the, what the Dalai Lama uses to back up his, the statement that he makes, right. um, it becomes easier and more concrete to believe that it is, sure. that is the truth, that it is the truth that we are these uh, innately compassionate beings. And, and he, Tells us to look, for example, look at babies. And you well, were talking about well, yeah. babies. And there's, so. You know, there's a lot of, um, because people have shown increasing interest in positive psychology and right. these kinds of things, there's been a lot more done in the last you know decade with studies of babies, babies in, right. in terms of innate altruism, right. desire to share, um, compassion and sympathy right. for people in their surroundings. And it just seems to be a natural part right. of most infants. And when you right. think about you know evolutionary psychology, in terms of the attributes that a human being would need 
to sort of survive in a very hostile world when we're essentially primitives, right, very few right. tools, very few clothing, just sort of scavenging on the savanna or in the woodlands, right, right. being a cohesive unit and, exactly. being, and being able to work, to work together right. to survive, to find food, to share for warmth, to protect from predators. All of those things that make people want to work together, those are the things that are going to be selected for. Right. You know, right. if you're a selfish person, people are going to not want you in the group. They're going to push you because out. Those not. genes are not going to be passed right. on. You're not right. going to survive. So when you look at the origins of humanity, hunter-gatherer societies that have evolved, you know, you see a lot of cooperation. Right. right. You see a lot of altruism. You see a lot of sharing. That's not to it's say community that, building. That's right. not to say that there aren't people who are competing for mates or whatever, right. and there's not right. some sort of a hierarchy. Right. But overall, people are compassionate. They're inclusive. Um, everybody has a voice in the community. Right. And all of those things that you sort of wished would be there. Right. You know, you often see those in hunter-gatherer type societies, right. although there are very few of those left, left right. to really study. Right. But you're also seeing a lot of those attributes when they do baby studies. Right. In terms right. of just a natural desire to comfort somebody who they see crying. Right. To provide, to give somebody food when they have some and they see somebody right. else don't. Uh, and there's a lot of that goes into sort of establishing what are the natural inclinations of these right. babies and toddlers before they've really been changed by either a Nature, family, nurture, society, right, whatever. Right, right. Sort of what are their natural inclinations? And right. when you think about the survival of the species, those are the attributes, those compassionate attributes, those altruistic, those sharing, those cooperative attributes that led the humans to be able to, to be survive smart, right. you know, the Ice Age and, the, and sort of our early evolution as, as a right. dominant species. So, right. yeah. so it makes sense. Yes. But when you look at sort of the changes that have come about through you know, the advent of agriculture, the growth of hierarchical society, and then right. industrialization, there are other things that come into play that maybe sort of takes us away from, you know, those natural right. attributes. And so right. we sort of, you know, our society, maybe we've lost a lot of that. And right. although I think you probably inside of yourself feel those things that, you know, you talk about. Right. You know, in many cases, it's hard to say and hard to believe. Right. Right. You know, that humans are, are right. naturally altruistic and naturally helpful. And right. they're kind, and they right. want to do the things to help other people in humanity. Well, I found that that with the close of, and, and if I'd been smart, I would have brought the cue, the quote, you know, the end uh -huh. of the, the last paragraph of the of that section with me. But you know, it basically what he what he summarizes is that if we can believe in this idea that we are compassionate beings, sure, we naturally feel safer. Oh yeah, we feel more at ease. You're more outgoing. We're more outgoing. You're kinder. Right, all yeah. those things, and in the end, that raises your happiness level. Oh, absolutely. So, so it, it's a you know, and and what I found was when I read that, I felt such a, a an opening is the only way I can right. describe it. Like my body felt suddenly very soft, very relaxed, very open, and I was so comfortable with this idea in a way that I have never been before right. because it suddenly was explained to me with science behind right. it and it made sense. Well, you know, and, and I will admit, you know, when I was coming out of graduate school, you know, starting my career, I had kind of a cynical attitude right. towards right. people. And I thought, you know, it was kind of competitive. I thought it was dog eat dog. Right. Um, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't very trustful of people out there in the world, right. but just sort of, I don't know whether it was accident or purposeful, but I just started to be more outgoing purposefully right you know because it's not my natural inclination right. and smiling at people and just assuming that people sort of were going to be kind back right to me, all of a sudden they are, all right. of a sudden i realized in 99 of the cases if you smile at somebody if you're nice to somebody they there's a natural to, reciprocation yes, and it just sort of they you mirror each other right and right. sort of that natural desire to to be friendly to right. be kind 
you can bring that out in people yes. just by being that way. Yes. Because the world reflects how you view other people. Uh, right. Yeah. And how um, you view them. Not, not to say that you're not going to get right. figuratively smacked in the face once right. in a while. Right. But if right. you're consistent with being outgoing, yes. with being friendly, with being kind, that's what the world will reflect back to you. Yes. To you, And you will just feel so much better. better right. You'll feel happier inside and you'll view the world as a better place absolutely right and, I guarantee and it, it. Yeah. yeah and and, that, and that's what what they were saying was with this with this whole idea when you when you view the world and you view people as compassionate beings then it it changes your perception and how you deal well, with people even if somebody's coming at you in a way that maybe seems aggressive or not that way if you view them as, as compassionate, compassionate absolutely you'll you'll instead of being angry back you think not now, what's going on? What's, what's bothering right. them? How can right. I help them? How can I help them find and get back to their true compassionate passions, self? Compassionate right. self. And right. you'll approach the whole world differently. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. And to me, it also, it allowed me to, I can imagine, I, I, I'm anxious to see how it would feel, uh -huh. but I can imagine in my mind having someone come at me now aggressively with anger, with what whatever, you know, sure. some kind of a negative um, attitude and having a separation there that that gives me the opportunity not to respond in kind, well, yeah, to I, respond I, with I, compassion, to think, respond with love yes. and kindness. And I think sort of the mindfulness practices that you oh, do yes. every day allows yes. you to sort of pause before right. you just immediately react sort of by mirroring what right, they're doing. Right. It allows you to pause. And now with this knowledge, you can say... It, it felt like that well, little extra bump, well, you know? It was yeah, like that. Like, <laughs> oh, I can pause. And now I can come back with like, oh, wow, I just... I, I don't understand why you're so upset. Being, you know, right, yeah, you know, right. It, it gives you a different way of... You know, not, and I we talked a little bit this morning, too. I think, yeah. I think there are some people, through whatever circumstance, that they're so far gone... That it may be hard. They may never come back. Right. And they just may... I'll just use the term. They just may be a nasty person. A lost and you're just not going to bring them back into their natural, right. compassionate being that they were born as. Right. So, you know, right. the world has just like warped them and there's, they just may not come back. Right. But I think the number of people that are actually like that, that are far? few and I far between. I don't think there are as many as you think. No, no, no absolutely not. And uh, so I think, I, I, I just, I, I believe and I know from, from my own practice that by viewing people as being loving, by viewing people as being kind, or, or at least wanting to be that version of themselves, whether they get it sure. right or not, um, that it gives me the opportunity to interact with them in a kind of more right. compassionate way. Well, another thing you can think of is like, think of all the people that are you know close around you, your family, your friends, right. whatever. You think they're probably pretty compassionate people right. for the most right. part. Well, everybody is part everybody of some that, group right, right, like that. So right. everybody feels everybody's got those, that group. All those groups overlap, and so right. it really entails almost everybody. <laughs> so if you start thinking that way, it's kind of eye-opening and it's kind of you know world-shifting yes. in terms of yes. uh, what goes on. So you know, it was very interesting and fun talking with you about this this morning and deciding to talk about well, this. Well, it's with just the a really audience, interesting. It's just a really it's just interesting a different way of viewing the world, and I think it really moves you towards sort of that sustained happiness that yes. is what we're striving and, for. And I know a lot of people, they're going to say, I, uh, are going to have a really hard time with this concept. they're not going to believe it because right. of their, because of their really experience. Right, yeah. right. And so, how, so with that in mind, how, yeah. how would you start? What would be your just one thing to get going in terms of believing that it is a compassionate world? You know, I think surprisingly, and this may be the topic for the next time, 
I would start with affirmations. Okay. I would start with, this is a compassionate world. This is world. a compassion. That's a great way to start. You know, just a reminder of that. You keep that in the back of your head. And right. it gives you the pause to say, well, what's going on here? It doesn't feel compassionate, but it is. Right. What can I do to right. sort of move it in that direction? Yeah. And uh, the affirmations is a good thing because I've had some recent experience with them right. that maybe we'll explore a little bit. Some other time. Next yeah. Time, so. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's a fascinating topic. It's if a great you, topic. If, if you're more interested, I it, highly it is, recommend it reading that book. It is a compassionate world. <laughs> yes, it is a compassionate world. And so until next time, this has been Just, Just One, One Thing. Thing.